The Sanhedrin, our Supreme Council, convened. Its members were trying to bring testimony against Jesus in order to put him to death, but they had nothing. False witnesses were brought forward, saying, We heard him say, I will destroy the temple made by man, and in three days I will build another temple not made by man. But their testimony was not consistent. Finally, Caiaphas rose up and questioned Jesus. He said, Have you no answer? What about these charges brought against you? Jesus said nothing. Caiaphas continued, If you are the Christ, tell us. Jesus answered, If I tell you, you will not believe me. And if I ask you a question, you will not answer. But hereafter, you will see the Son of Man at the right hand of the power of God and coming with the clouds of heaven. And they all said, Are you then the Son of God? Jesus answered, I am. Caiaphas was outraged. He tore his robe and cried out, Blasphemy! You have heard it with your own ears. What further need do we have of testimony? What is your judgment against this man? The entire council responded, He deserves death. The men holding Jesus were mocking him, spitting in his face and striking him. They also blindfolded Jesus, saying, Prophesy to us, who struck you? When Judas heard the verdict, he was overcome with guilt and remorse for what he had done. So he took the thirty silver coins, the price of betrayal, and returned to the chief priests in the temple area, saying, I have betrayed innocent blood. The priests responded, what is that to us? See to this yourself. Not knowing what else to do, Judas threw the coins into the sanctuary, ran out into the darkness, and finding a tree, hung himself. Oh, Judas, why did you not return to find the mercy of God? We all denied him. But the Lord shows mercy to those who repent. When the chief priests heard about the fate of Judas, they said to one another, We cannot put this in the temple treasury, for it is blood money. So they decided to use it to purchase the potter's field, making it a burial place for strangers, and giving it the name Akel Dama, which means field of blood. This fulfilled the prophecy of Jeremiah. And the words of Zechariah, who said, They took the thirty silver coins, the price set upon him by some of the sons of Israel, and with it they purchased the potter's field. The Sanhedrin bound Jesus and led him from Caiaphas to the Praetorium, which is the palace of the governor, Pontius Pilate. 
but they themselves did not enter into the praetorium because a Jew is defiled if he enters the house of a Gentile, and a defiled Jew cannot eat the Passover. So Pilate went out to them, asking, What accusation do you bring against this man? They answered, We found this man misleading our nation forbidding us to pay taxes to Caesar and declaring that he is Christ, a king. If he were not an evildoer, we would not have delivered him up to you. Pilate replied, Evildoer? Then take him yourselves. Judge him according to your law. They answered, We are not permitted to put anyone to death for only Rome can impose the death penalty. This fulfilled the words of Jesus, who signified the kind of death by which he would die. Pilate entered the praetorium again, summoned Jesus, and said to him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, Are you saying this on your own? Or did others tell you about me? The governor said, I am not a Jew, am I? Your own nation and the chief priests delivered you up to me. What have you done? Jesus stated, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then my servants would be fighting, that I might not be delivered up to the Jews. But as it is, my kingdom is not of this realm. Pilate said, So, you are a king. Jesus answered, You say correctly that I am a king. For this I have been born, for this I have come into the world to bear witness of the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. Pilate asked, What is truth? After saying this, he went out again to the Jews and said to them, I find no guilt in this man. But they answered, He leads the people astray throughout Judea, all the way from Galilee to Jerusalem. Pilate remarked, Galilee? You say this man is from Galilee. That is Herod's jurisdiction, and he is in the city now. I will send this Jesus to Herod and be done with the matter. And he did. Now Herod was very glad to see Jesus, for he had heard much about his power and was hoping to see some miracle performed so that he might be entertained. When they brought the Lord in, Herod questioned him at length. Jesus said, Nothing did nothing. The chief priests and scribes standing there accused Jesus vehemently. Herod was angry too, and with his soldiers they treated Jesus with contempt, dressing him in a royal robe and mocking him as a king before sending Jesus back to Pilate. Herod and Pilate had been enemies because of a previous matter. But because of this, they became friends 
that day. After returning Jesus to the Praetorium, Pilate called the Jewish authorities and said to them, So, this is the man that you say leads the people to rebellion. Well, I have examined him carefully and find him not guilty of any charges, nor does Herod, for he has returned him to me. He does not deserve to die, but in order to please you, I will punish him and then release him. For there is a custom at the feast that one prisoner should be released to satisfy the people. And there was a man named Barabbas in prison for murder and for insurrection during a political uprising. The Jews were asking Pilate to make good on this custom. So he said to them, Do you want me to release for you the king of the Jews? For he knew it was out of envy that they delivered Jesus up. And besides, while Pilate was on the judgment seat, his wife sent him a message saying, Have nothing to do with that righteous man. For this night I suffered greatly in a dream because of him. But the Jewish authorities had persuaded the crowd to ask for Barabbas to be released and for Jesus to be crucified. Pilate asked, Whom shall I release? They responded, Barabbas, he asked them. Then what shall I do with the one who is called Christ? They cried out, Crucify him. A third time, Pilate said, Why? What evil has he done? No, I will punish him and then release him. But the crowd cried out louder and louder, Crucify! Crucify! When the governor saw that he was losing control, that a mob was forming and a riot was about to break out, he called for a basin of water. Then, after washing his hands, Pilate declared, I am innocent of his blood. See to this yourselves. They answered, let his blood be upon our own heads and upon our children also. So, Pilate released Barabbas and delivered Jesus over to their will. He ordered Roman soldiers to take Jesus to the place of scourging. It is a large open area with a wooden post set upright in the center. They faced Jesus to the wood and stripped him. Then they raised his arms high overhead, securing his wrists to the post. Two soldiers positioned themselves behind Jesus, one to the right and one to the left, each with a scourge in hand, whips of leather cords with iron and bone attached to tear the flesh of the victim. They drew back and then with great force began to strike Jesus over and over. They whipped him until his body was torn and bleeding. Finally, they stopped. Jesus hung limp by his wrists. When they cut him down, he collapsed on the ground. Soldiers lifted Jesus up 
and dragged him into the praetorium. The Roman battalion gathered around the Lord to taunt him. They stripped Jesus and put a royal robe on him, mocking him again as a king. Soldiers wove a crown of thorns and set it on his head, pressing it down until blood streamed down his face and beard. Then they put a reed into his hand as though it was the ruling scepter of a king knelt before Jesus in mock humiliation and declared, Hail, King of the Jews! The soldiers were spitting on Jesus and striking him on the head with the reed. Finally, the governor came out and said to the Jewish authorities, Look, I am bringing him out to you so that you may know that I find no guilt in him. Jesus came out wearing the royal robe and crown of thorns. Pilate declared, Behold the man! When the chief priests and officers saw Jesus, they shouted, Crucify! Crucify! Pilate responded, Take him yourselves and crucify him. I find no guilt in him. But the Jews answered, We have a law, and by that law he ought to die, because he, being a man, made himself out to be the Son of God. When Pilate heard this statement, he became even more afraid. He entered again into the praetorium and said to Jesus, Where are you from? The Lord said nothing. Pilate went on, You do not speak to me? Do you not know that I have authority to release you? And I have authority to crucify you? Jesus answered, You have no authority over me, except what has been given to you from above. And so for this reason, he who delivered me up to you has the greater sin. As a result of this, Pilate tried to release Jesus, but the Jews cried out, saying, If you release this man, you are no friend of Caesar. Everyone who makes himself out to be a king opposes Caesar. When Pilate heard these words, he brought Jesus out and sat on the judgment seat at a place called Gabbatha, which means the pavement. It was the day of preparation for Passover. The governor said to the Jews, Behold, your king! But they answered, Away with him! Away with him! Crucify him! Pilate answered, Shall I crucify your king? The chief priests answered, We have no king but Caesar. No king but Caesar? We Jews hate our Roman occupation. To say that Caesar is king is unthinkable. It could only mean that their hatred for Jesus was far worse 
than their hatred for Caesar himself. So Pilate was faced with a decision to either release a man he knew to be innocent and risk his own position as governor, or condemn an innocent man to protect his position. The governor made his choice. Roman soldiers were dispatched to Jesus. They tore the royal robe from his injured body, opening again the wounds which had dried to the robe. Then they returned the Lord's clothing. A heavy wooden beam was tied to his shoulders, and Jesus was led into the street to carry it to the place of crucifixion. But the weight was too much for him because the scourging was severe. One of the soldiers compelled a passerby, Simon of Cyrene, who was coming in from the country to carry the crossbeam. Two criminals, also condemned to die that day, were led away with Jesus. Many people gathered to watch the pathetic parade, including women who were weeping and wailing. At one point, Jesus turned to the women and declared, Daughters of Jerusalem, do not weep for me, but weep for yourselves and for your children. For behold, days are coming when they will say, Blessed are the barren, the wombs that never bore, the breasts that never nursed. They will say to the mountains, Fall upon us, and to the hills, Cover us, fulfilling the words of the prophet Hosea. For if they do this when the tree is green with life, what will they do when it is dead? Move! A soldier forced Jesus to go on down the way of sorrows and out the city gate to the place of execution called Golgotha, which means place of a skull. There they gave him wine mixed with gall to drink. How strange that those causing the pain would give a drug to ease the pain. But after tasting it, Jesus refused to drink. No, he would not escape the pain, but Jesus would feel the fullness of our punishment so that we might know the fullness of his mercy. They stripped the Lord and pressed his back against the wooden beam now lying in the dirt. One of the soldiers took Jesus by the hand, stretching out the Lord's arm and kneeling on the inside of the elbow to hold fast against the wood. He took an iron spike, a nail the length of my hand, and set the point against the wrist of Jesus. The soldier then lifted a hammer high overhead and brought it crashing down. Over and over again, the hammer came down, driving the spike through Jesus and into the wood. Jesus writhed in pain, but uttered no curse. The soldier moved to the other arm, and again the hammer did its work. Jesus cried out, 
Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. There was no malice or threats, only a plea to forgive those who were killing him. What kind of man is this? I remember Jesus saying some time ago, you've heard that it was said, you should love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. He was living out his words unto death. The beam was hoisted up and Jesus hanging from the nails, and it was fixed to a large wooden post already set in the ground. A soldier brought the feet of Jesus together and pressed them to the post. Another nail was set in place. Then it was driven through both feet into the wood. Imagine the pain. No, you cannot imagine, nor can I. After the soldiers crucified the Lord, they took his outer garments and divided them into four parts, one part for each soldier. Also the tunic, his undergarment, which was without seam, woven in one piece. They said to one another, Let us not tear it, but let us cast lots for it to decide whose it shall be. This fulfilled the psalm which says, they divided my outer garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots. After that, Pilate wrote an inscription and put it on the cross. It read, Jesus of Nazareth, King of the Jews. It was written in Hebrew, Latin, and Greek for all to read. When the chief priests saw this, they went to Pilate and said, Do not write king of the Jews, but that he said, I am king of the Jews. Pilate answered, What I have written, I have written. So the inscription remained. Jesus was stripped of everything, even his dignity as a man. But the mockery continued. People were passing by, shaking their heads and saying, You, who are going to destroy the temple and in three days raise it up, save yourself. If you are the Son of God, come down from the cross. In like manner, the chief priests, scribes, and elders were mocking Jesus, saying, He saved others, but he cannot save himself. He is the king of Israel? Then let him come down from the cross and we will believe in him. He trusts in God. Well, let God deliver him now, if he cares for him. For he said, I am the son of God. And the Roman soldiers, who have no interest in Jewish religion, were also involved, saying, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. Even the two criminals, now crucified to the right and left of Jesus, were reviling him. 
The only one standing near the cross to mourn were his mother, Mary, his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, Mary Magdalene, and John. I was not there. I was too ashamed and too afraid. When Jesus saw his mother and John standing nearby, he said to her, Woman, behold your son. Then he looked at John and said, Behold your mother. Even from the cross, Jesus ministered. He knew that he could not care for his mother as before, so Jesus gave the responsibility to John. From then on, John took Mary into his household and cared for her as his own mother. One of the criminals became silent, even thoughtful, as he watched Jesus minister from the cross. But the other one continued to mock the Lord, saying, Are you not the Christ? Then save yourself and us. But the other rebuked him, saying, Do you not even fear God? For we are under the same condemnation, and we justly. For we are guilty, but this man has done nothing wrong. He then turned to the Lord and said, Jesus, when you enter your kingdom, remember me. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. Today you shall be with me in paradise. It was the sixth hour of the day when the sun was at its peak in the sky and darkness fell upon the land until the ninth hour. It was an eerie darkness, as though the light of the world was being extinguished. At the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani? Those who heard him said, Listen, he's calling for Elijah. No, this was no call to Elijah, but a cry to the Father. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? As the Son took our sin upon himself, the Father had to turn away. And Jesus felt the loneliness of separation to the depths of his soul. After that, Jesus said, I thirst. A jar of sour wine was standing nearby. Someone put a sponge full of it on a branch of hyssop and brought it up to his mouth, while others said, Wait, let's see whether Elijah will help him now. After tasting the sour wine, Jesus said, It is finished. Father, into your hands I commit my spirit.
Jesus breathed his last.